I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Jenna, I'd like to announce I'm putting a group together to buy the Pirates. Uh-oh. <laughs> I am also going to bring back the Spirit, Maulers, and Condors. I'm going to revive RMU Hockey. And I'm going to reopen a whole bunch of Winkies right here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> none in Wilmerding, none in Wilmerding. A big to-do list ahead there. From our partner, DKFitzworkSports.com, Dan Kovacevic. You know, Jenna, if I happen to get through, oh, six and two-thirds innings of this show and I'm doing really, really well, please replace me with some no-name lefty, okay? So I'll mark that down for you. And from the trip, also a Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Well, through one week of minicamp, and apparently already Steelers Twitter has decided that Dwayne Haskins is the next Ben Roethlisberger and James Pierre is the next Rod Woodson. I'll be happy if Haskins becomes Charlie Batch and Pierre becomes, I don't know, Willie Williams. Well, we will get to that. Some of the topics we will be talking about tonight. What should the Steelers do with their roster, if anything, between now and training camp? Are we buying into the hype for Dwayne Haskins? I know you guys will have some opinions on that one. Who should the Pirates trade and who should be untradeable? And your favorite moment from a very busy sports weekend. But first, the night's big topic, Matt Canada's words. We are going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. Should Matt Canada really cater the offense to Ben? Mark, your first. Well, first off, that's mostly a first-year NFL offensive coordinator deferring to his Hall of Fame quarterback, and I can't blame Matt Canada for doing that. But I think Canada has to let Ben call a lot of the shots because Ben's a 39-year-old quarterback with no mobility. Canada's offense, when applied in full, requires, well, something besides a 39-year-old quarterback with no mobility. Ben can only do what Ben can do. I would be disappointed if the offense is exactly the same as last year with shotgun and a quick release. They got to add a lot more. They got to run the ball. They got to do a modicum of play action. But you can only do what Ben can do. And I'll be blunt, at 39, he can't do very much beyond what he did last year. Dan? The changes that we're going to see in the Steelers' offense are going to be significant. And Ben has bought in. Uh, it's, it's shown not only through his words, but also in, in deeds when you see what he's been doing at OTAs and at minicamp. Uh, this is a different offense uh, with different terminology. Mark's right. The offensive coordinator 
is coming in as the green guy, and he has to defer to Ben, especially publicly. What else is he going to say? Hey, it's my way. I mean, what, what did people think he was going to say, you know, especially in front of a camera? Uh, Matt Canada is absolutely in control of this offense in terms of its schematics. But Mark mentioned this. When you get out onto the field, there's one quarterback, one person holding the ball, and he's the only one that can decide where it goes. Tim? Right, and that's why it always defaults back to Ben. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Dan was saying, I don't care what Matt Canada says. I care what he does, and by extension, I care what Roethlisberger does with his offense. And if you look at the numbers, you won't find a greater disparity between what an offensive coordinator did at his previous stop compared to what the quarterback did in the last year. And if you were to do that with Canada and Roethlisberger, Canada, when it came to pre-snap motion, used it more than everybody but one team in his last year at Maryland. And the Steelers used it 23rd in the National Football League. Uh, the same thing when it comes to shotgun versus under center. The gap between what Canada usually does and what Ben likes to do is massive. But it has to change because you can't bring back what we saw for the last six weeks of the 2020 season because everybody figured it out by then. Yeah, especially with the run game at the end of the year. Well, a reminder, you can keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on what the Steelers need to do with their roster, if anything, between now and training camp. From Facebook, Brian says, help in the O-line. From Twitter, focus on team's depth. Also from Twitter, sign veterans to the roster. Mark, your five words. They need depth almost everywhere. And that's a shame, too, because there ain't exactly a ready pool of talent from which to acquire depth at this point in the offseason. I just wish you marks could see the Steelers as they really are. They're a seven- or eight-win team, and they're one significant injury away from being a five- or six-win team. You can't see it. I can see it. You will see it the hard way. And there's a part of me that can't wait. Dan, your five words. I clear lots of cap space, and it's not going to be easy. There's questions, uh, as I've been reporting for a while now, regarding David DeCastro and his future, and now he comes to minicamp. He's there for one day and then not the next two, and then the next thing you know, they're bringing in a free agent Pro Bowl guy uh, for that position. So David DeCastro uh, takes up $14 million of cap hit, almost what Ben does. Uh, that's an awful lot of room there if that plays out that way. But as Mark said, you're talking about safety. You're talking about uh, reserve offensive linemen. You're talking about a third edge rusher. They need all of these things. And right now, Jenna, their cap space is this. Tim, your five words. I'm going to cheat a little bit here, and I'll say depth at O-line, OLB, corner. Uh, so those are my five words, if I can uh, use a couple letters to put one in. Uh, Dayon just talked about the offensive line. Corner I brought up in the open. Hey, James Pierre looks like a really good athlete. I'm not super comfortable with him being the number one guy on the outside. Then having to take Sutton and bump him inside. Joe Hayden talked about how difficult that is to do two positions at once this week. He should know he had to do it with the Browns in his first two years. So I wish Sutton all the best there. And then as far as the outside edge rusher position goes, uh, God forbid T.J. Watt gets hurt, or even Alex Highsmith, and I don't even know how good Alex Highsmith is going to be yet. Uh, let's see if Cassius Marsh is worth anything, or Roche, uh, the sixth-round six pick that they got from Miami. They better be because they don't have any other players there. 
Tim will only give you a two-minute minor for that one. <laughs> I'll go with it. Uh, training camp is a little more than a month away. Location to be determined. We have more Steelers talk coming up. Dwayne Haskins might be one of the most watched players of camp and the preseason, but are you buying into the Haskins hype? From social media, absolutely not. This isn't Columbus, Ohio on a Saturday afternoon. The panel debates it next on The Final Word. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the final word. And welcome back to the final word. I'm Jenna Harner with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Guys, we are we buying the hype for Dwayne Haskins? Do we think he'll make the roster and move up the depth chart? Tim, starting with you on this one. I think he'll make the roster. I think he could move up the depth chart. That's the most hype I'll buy right now because, as I sort of alluded to in our first few moments, you know, what Dwayne Haskins was doing at minicamp and has done at OTAs, that's what Dwayne Haskins does. He looks like a super phenom. He's got great arm strength. It's football and shorts. Where Dwayne Haskins tends to have problems is processing at a high rate of speed in game when it's 11 on 11, and I'm not ready to buy that yet. From Twitter, no, why should we? OSU players in the quarterback position have not done well in the NFL, and I don't think that's going to change. Dan. Uh, what hype? <laughs> Where is this coming from? Uh, I didn't see or hear or read anything of the kind. I was over there, and I can tell you that the quarterback who had by far the majority of the snaps, the meaningful snaps, was Ben Roethlisberger, and the guy after him was Mason Rudolph. Uh, Dwayne Haskins really didn't even touch the ball all that much, so I, I don't know where this could be coming from to even really realistically address it. Uh, I can say that when he throws the ball, as Tim was saying, it, it, it does go with a nice zip and it gets where it needs to go, but it's football in shorts. I mean, this is I, I, somebody else. Mark? No, I am not buying into the hype for Dwayne Haskins, whether it actually exists or not, because <laughs> he stinks. He was a total bust with the Washington football team. And if he ever has to play quarterback for the Steelers on a regular basis, the Steelers are in a lot of trouble. Well, we're going to turn to baseball now. Ben Charrington saying he's fielding offers for a lot of trades. So we got to ask who should be untouchable and who should be the best trade bait, Dan? Well, no executive in sports uses the term untouchable. That's something for us to do. But if you're looking at the Pirates roster here, the obvious two guys would be Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. And I think not just because he pitched really well today, but you're probably looking at JT Brubaker just because he's been by far their best starter. He's so young and he, he's going to be part of the future with the team. Uh, as for who's available, hey, come and get him. I mean, I, I think there's going to be some reluctance about, 
you know, whether you move in Adam Frazier or guys like that, uh, the only one that I want to keep out of the veterans is Jacob Stallings. I, I really believe that you need him there as catcher, as a defensive guy, as game caller, to try to bring those young pitchers along. Well, from Twitter, at this point, nobody should be untouchable. If you'd get a great return, deal anybody and everybody. Tim? Well, I agree with a lot of what Dan said there about who should stay, who can't stay, who should go, who shouldn't go. So I'll just talk a little bit more about Adam Frazier. And the two teams that seem to pop up with the most regularity as to trade rumor destinations for Frazier, well, two of the three anyway. I guess the Yankees are in there all the time for everybody. But I keep seeing a lot of Cleveland Indians and Chicago White Sox. So I'm going to be very interested to read the reports coming out from those two places after these five games where the Pirates are playing against both of those clubs. Mark, who should be untouchable and who should stay? The untouchables are Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell, and like Dejan said, Jacob Stallings. I think you could get decent return for Ralph Kiner. And speaking of Ralph Kiner, it's Father's Day. So happy birthday to all you fathers out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a big weekend of sports with some amazing finishes and some not so great moments from Flurry's gaff to the save by Ryan Pollock, the OT finish with the Nets and the Bucks, the U.S. Open. The Olympic trials, there was a whole lot. It feels so nice to have so many sports back all at once. What was your favorite moment of the sports weekend and why? Mark, I'll start with you on this one. And Jenna, I can't decide. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at the U.S. Open hit a ball into a tree, which is good luck <laughs> in Haiti. Uh, hockey, no the playoffs, in Haiti. system, system, system. Not skating, not skill, but system. I can't get enough of watching that. Uh. And the New York Yankees turned a walk-off triple play. And the way baseball screwed up, that's what we get excited about, a defensive play that ends the game. So taking all those into account, well, I don't re regret what I did for one minute. I ditched sports, didn't watch, and went to Texas to see two Leonard Skinner shows. Ooh, that's not a bad weekend, not at all. Well, from social media, nice to see the team everyone assumed would win the title, the Nets, get knocked out. Dan, how about you? What was your favorite moment of the weekend? It wasn't that. Um, <laughs> I, I, what are the nets? Uh, I, I will say that I, I thought uh, over the weekend that it was nice just to see humans and, and, and lots of them uh, back at PNC Park. And it was a lot of taste great, less filling going back and forth between the Cleveland and the Pittsburgh fans. People were really into it. Dude jumped in the river after Brian Reynolds' <laughs> uh, ball went out there. Uh, Gregory Polanco at one point grabbed the microphone and was thanking the crowd for coming out. Look, they're 20 under 500. Nobody's pretending they're anything but, but it was fun to be over there this weekend. Tim, before we come to you, I have to ask the three of you, what what would you jump in the river for, if anything? <laughs> if I was on fire and nothing else. <laughs> if I had pirate season tickets and they lost 10 straight, I thought that guy was trying to kill himself. Well, if you were the most of the Cleveland fans who were in town, you'd definitely avoid the river being on fire. Oh, my goodness. Well, Tim, what was your favorite sports moment of the weekend? A lot to choose from here. Well, I'll give you two. They're both Pirates related. First of all, is watching the last 20 minutes of the movie Moneyball, except in real life when the Pirates nearly blew an 11-1 lead. I mean, that's basically what happened in the last scene of the movie. Uh, that was a fun way to have that game get capped off before the fireworks at PNC Park. And the other really good thing that I saw over at PNC was JT Brubaker pitching six and two thirds innings of nine strikeouts and no walks. He was fantastic. I just wish I could have seen him maybe pitch to one more batter, <laughs> uh, maybe one more full inning. Would that have been too much seeing as how he was pulled with that great start and just 76 pitches? Come on, you can let him get out of that.
Well, See that, Jenna? It's get him off the show. That's it. Six and two-thirds. He's done. <laughs> there it is, Tim. You're out. We're saying goodbye to you. I'm kidding on that one. We'll keep you here. But, um, you know, obviously we saw Flurry's gaff mistake, misplay, however you want to call it. Uh, the Golden Knights deciding that they're going to go with Robin Leonard in net instead. Is this the right decision? I'm throwing this one on the spot for you guys. Is this the right decision here? Well, as we're taping this, they have not yet played. So, depends if they win or not. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Coming uh, into the game, is uh, it the I would I would have stayed with Flurry. I, I think this is uh, putting themselves, putting the Canadians in their own heads. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's one screw up. Flurry's been the better goaltender the whole time. Uh, I would have stuck with Mark Andre Flurry, and I don't care what the end result is, even if Leonard pitches a shutout here. Pete DeBoer would love nothing more than to have Robin Leonard play every game. He just keeps finding ways to do it. Well, when we come back, we're going around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. It's time now for the final word. Everyone gets a chance. Tim, you're up first. I had to laugh when Tyler Glass now, as part of his rant about the removal of spider tack and other sticky substances mid-season, talked about how he doesn't use foreign substances to help with the spin rate. He just uses it for grip. Uh, oh, okay. And I've heard a lot of other pitchers say that. You know who you guys sound like? The hitters when they were on steroids. Because remember what they used to say? Oh, I don't use steroids to improve my core muscle strength or improve my base or make my forearms hulking and help my bat speed. No, I just use it for recovery purposes. Okay, so the other benefit you get from it, that doesn't count, right? Come on, guys. You can't put the pelican grip back in the tube. Everybody knows the game here. Mark, your final word. Some amateur con man without two nickels to rub together said he was going to buy the Pirates and actually got it reported in one of America's fading newspapers. I give the guy a lot of credit, well done, but the number one local carny is Mark Cuban, ex of Mount Lebanon, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Cuban said he was gonna buy the Penguins with Mario. That didn't happen, turned out he didn't wanna use any of his money, just Mario's. He's often said he wanted to buy the Pirates, but they're not for sale and he has no intention of buying them anyway. Heck, he said he wanted to keep the original hot dog shop in Oakland open when it closed, and that would be a minimal investment for a billionaire like him, and it's still closed. Mark Cuban is the king of the carnies. He is a BS artist from way back. Dan, your final word. Jenna, you mentioned Ryan Pollock's save, and for anybody who didn't see it, the Islanders wouldn't have won the game if it wasn't for a defenseman coming in behind Semyon Varlamov with a final second. Great. Spinorama move by Ryan McDonough. Should have tied the game for Tampa. Didn't. The Islanders have all kind of it factor going for them. All of their analytics, all of them are down. They shouldn't be winning any of these games. They don't have any specific facet that's impressive, but they win. And still, I say to you that any first round analysis of Penguins versus Islanders still comes down to one thing and one thing alone, and that's that Tristan Jari couldn't stop the puck. And now our final word from social media. Mark, I think you'll like this one. I hope the Flyers sent Sidney Crosby a Father's Day card. <laughs> now, for my final word tonight, I want to wish every dad out there a happy Father's Day. And most of all, my dad, Jeff Harner, from watching hockey games with him from the time I was little to pretty much every night growing up to all of his support throughout all of my endeavors throughout school, being a coach of mine. He's able to watch me now as I'm able to share sports with all of you. And he shaped my love of all of the games. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And to all the dads watching tonight, have a great one.